I'm Asan, and this is The Review. City drew 1-1 with Chelsea at the Etihad thanks to a late Rodri goal. And joining me to dissect with a sushi chef's knife, I've got Lloyd, and firstly, a welcome return for Mr. Dom Farrell. Afternoon, Dom. Hi, mate. You all right? I'm very good. I told you I'd get through that intro. <laughs> yeah, well played, well played. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm good. Um, looking forward to pouring over a mad game in cathartic fashion, I hope, would be would be the plan. Yeah, it was. You know, I I don't know I don't know what Pochettino or Chelsea have what sort of hoodoo they have over us, but there there's definitely a Poch Chelsea thing somehow. Uh I don't know what it is, but I feel like when we played his Spurs teams, they were they always felt a bit mad as well. Yeah, I, th- I think he's the only coach other than Klopp who sort of does things to Guardiola, mm. um, in a manner of speaking. <laughs> I think that's a fair shout. Lloyd, are you there? Absolutely, yeah. How you doing? Good. I'm glad we didn't do the podcast yesterday. No, I don't um, think I don't think that was doable. I think had we done it yesterday, we'd have got cancelled because you know. Emotions don't were speak running, about yourself like that. Yeah, emotions were running very high yesterday. That's uh, that's all. Yeah, I, I was say. I was stewing on the train back from from Manchester. So yeah, that was weird. needed. It's weird how I, I tend to find that actually it's rare that games make me feel like that, even when we drop points. I saw a lot of people say yesterday things like you know um it's it happens we're a good team we'll move on all that sort of business which is true and it's fine but there are some performances that feel a lot more frustrating than others um and that's sort of where i landed yesterday where i was like i'm okay with dropping two points to a good team home or away i think that's a a reality that you face in the league, but you sort of need to give a good account of yourselves to feel like that. And I just don't think anybody really gave a good account of themselves yesterday with the exception of Rodri. And so, yeah, Rodri. you know, it was, it was hard to look on the bright side of life as they, uh, as they say, um, Dom to kick things off going into the game. Did it feel like a must win? No. I mean, Howard would murder anyone who says that, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, no, not at all. Um, I just think it feels like a really good congested title race. Um, obviously, it's coming after on the back of Liverpool and Arsenal performing very well. Um, and yeah, if City win against Brentford on Tuesday, that'll be all the top three will have played 25 and 117. So it's tight. So it's, yeah. Everything's important, but I don't think we're anywhere near must-win territory yet. Um, maybe that comes around with some of those games in May. Sorry, in March, but um, mm. not right now. Okay. Um, we always kick off with the lineup. There was no Stones. There was no Bernardo. Akanji and Alvarez were going to do a central role. It felt clear from the lineup, and also Phil was going to be on the right. Before I fire this over, Aloy, just sticking with you, Dom. How did you feel when the lineup dropped? Was there any level of apprehension, or did you look at it and go, "Yeah, all right, that'll do the job"? I think that I think this is gets to the root of what's frustrated uh, you two and a lot of people about City's performance is that as soon as that team sheet dropped, it was fairly easy to foresee the problems that came up. 
Um, yeah, I, I was saying to uh, my editor before the game that saying it looks like he could play an attacking midfield four of Foden, Alvarez, De Bruyne, and Doku. That could be mad, really open game. Mm. But and I don't know why I'd never I hadn't considered Stones wouldn't play. Um, and obviously we've got the, um, Stones' fitness needs to be managed after the season he's had. But yeah, when you saw that four and then a Kanji ducking in behind him, it's like, is this going to be four four again? <laughs> you know, and and uh, maybe it could have been. But yeah, I, I think if I was to pick one thing that was the, the root of all the frustration, it's that a lot of the bad stuff wasn't that surprising, and yeah. therefore, and you think a team that's achieved as much, a club that's achieved as much as City have done over recent years, shouldn't be in that position. Mm. So I'm going to stay with you to uh, kind of talk about the beginning of the game. Uh, what did you make of the of the shape of the two teams when the game kicked off, both with the ball and without the ball? Um, well, I mean, it, it was as you'd expect, aside from, I mean, the, the difference that sort of got, you know, that was apparent early on is that it was Alvarez dropping in next to Rodri, aside from, the, you know, rather than De Bruyne, um, which I was a bit surprised by. So it was something Guardiola spoke about afterwards, but um, and I'm sure we're going to have a Julian Alvarez section here, but um, that looked a bit problematic. But generally, the first 10 minutes um, was pretty good. Uh, and But again, to go back to you look at the team, you think this isn't a team that's going to control things for the 90 minutes. It doesn't have the individuals in there to do that. It already felt concerning that they didn't capitalise on a good start because it felt like problematic moments were you know, in the post. Mm. Lloyd, I want I want you to jump in here. I do I agree with Don. Yeah. I thought we I thought we started brightly first ten, and I think that we we actually create what I think is a really good chance when uh Doku plays that lovely ball uh for Alvarez who clips it over and Haaland header, which yeah, I mean, if he hits the target or he heads it downwards, he probably scores. Yeah, I mean that was a was a decent chance. It's probably his least easy that he had, mm. um, which I think actually does say a lot because you would expect him there to try and hit the target. Um, he doesn't get up early enough and ends up kind of getting over it. But I can't really not jump back to the team selection. I think that is okay. part of the crux of really what we're discussing here. And for me, you know, if, if John Stones can't play twice in a week, then you don't play him against Copenhagen away. Um, he, he's more needed in the in the game against Chelsea because you're in a situation where, and obviously you wouldn't have known this beforehand, but both Grealish and Bernardo are out. So if you if you've played Stones and those two have picked up an injury, you know that neither of them can play either. You absolutely can't play Akanji and uh, Alvarez is your two two of your kind of four guys in midfield to build up against Chelsea. Chelsea found it really easy, I thought, after about 10 minutes where Pochettino made a bit of a change, kind of brought Palmer in and out of possession. City just couldn't get out. I mean, I was in the south stand and you could see kind of a Kanji looking flustered. Um, and I don't think Alvarez had like one of his standout bad games on the ball, like where he gave it away lots, say, against Fulham. You know, he did give it away a bit, but... You could just see that the kind of cogs were turning in the city players' um, heads, and we just we couldn't get that tempo. And I, I just found it a bit mystifying, really, given how we've gone. I'd say in the last few weeks, where so prior to Copenhagen, which you know I would have said is probably City's best eleven, 
when that was out on the pitch. We had a we had a bit of a run where um, Harlem wasn't available, so we played Alvarez up front, and we we kind of had more of the technicians in the team as a result. And it felt like, from a kind of style of play perspective, it it really felt like we were getting back to what we'd done last season when we were so dominant. And then against Everton and obviously with this team selection, I feel like we've really moved away from that. And to play, you know, De Bruyne and Alvarez in midfield, two guys who kind of play, you know, basically up and down, kind of in transition really, you know, Alvarez is not a passer like Gundogan was. And then to throw a Kanji in, I think it's I think it's tough on them both. That's why I have to come back to team selection. And I think ultimately for me, why it was so frustrating because it felt like we hamstrung ourselves. And like Dom said, the, the problems were quite foreseeable at 430. Mm. Um, do you think that the, so there's an Edison mistake quite early on that leads to that Palmer chance. Um, you know which one I'm talking about, don't you? Where uh, mm. he basically gets closed down and there's the ricochet and a Kanji slices a clearance and, and uh, Gallagher plays um, Palmer in, and Ake makes an unbelievable tackle. Do you think that has any impact on how the rest of that half plays out? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I tend to think anything Edison does in a game, good or bad, just exists entirely, you know, independent of the game's context because he's just a bit mad, isn't he? And and he will do things like that, and then he'll. You know, not long after that, he's producing a couple of very good saves. Um, the the Akanji thing was indicative of, say, as Lloyd says, he, he's just not as comfortable on the ball. And, you know, Guardiola is persisting with putting him there when Stones isn't available. And I guess with Guardiola being injured this weekend, it meant that he didn't feel he had the personnel to go to um, to play with the just conventional centre-backs and have all the width from the full-backs like he did against Brentford. And flood the middle that way, which might have worked. Uh, but, you know, with Guardiola not there as a guy who's been trusted for that job, you know, we might talk about guys we would have liked to play who Guardiola maybe didn't want to play in such a big game. He's not going to start um, Sergio Gomez against Chelsea, bombing up and down the left wing, is he, with the best will in the world? Mm. Um, not not that he's uh, immune to strange selections against Chelsea, as we know. But I think, yeah, with, with Kanji in that position, the reason he's trusted with it, and it's the same way he played so well at left back against. Arsenal and Madrid um, when he got to do that at the end of last season. I think positionally he's really good. He knows what he knows where to put himself on the field. No, you know knows where to face and all the rest of it. But so it, he kind he, he has all the sort of the structural things down for doing that role. What he doesn't have is Stones just kind of very rare ability to take the ball, play play with the ball at his feet, play three hundred sixty degrees. He doesn't have that sort of the cogs are turning a bit. And then again, as Lloyd said. Alvarez isn't Gundian, so as I, just, I, I know we're going to talk about Alvarez in more detail later, but I just had a look at his pass stats from the game. He completed 40 out of 42 passes, which is, you know, is nice hmm. on paper, but on grass, you can see the cogs turning. And also, to be, you know, how many, how many times last season will Ilkay Gundian have played in that position and made only 40 passes? I'd say never. So it, yeah. it's, it's the thing of knowing when to make himself available. So that's, yeah, I mean, there have been times this season where the Alvarez thing in the field has worked better than it did at the weekend. I have no doubt if Akanji was playing in that position with, you know, with Bernardo ahead of him, or if Gundogan was still there, with more ball, you know, more traditional playmakers in front of him, some of his limitations wouldn't, wouldn't be exposed. But you put the two together, and 
it gets very clunky. And I think that that's that's a word I kept coming back to the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I just think, look, if you're gonna defend in a four four two, then you can't you can't have Rodri with just Alvarez next to him in that four four two and, and no. then having Kev, Haaland, Doku, maybe even Foden try to press high up because it just felt it's not often that you feel as though tactically there's something wrong when you're watching a Guardiola team because generally he's the kind of master of mastering whoever is on the other side of the dugout and going, I'm gonna I'm smarter than you. But it felt like, like Lloyd said, pretty early on they figure out it's actually Lloyd, let me ask you this, right? So there's after the uh after the 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 Palmer chance that Ake clears, there's the um there's another big huge chance for Nicholas Jackson, right? Which is um Gusto running off the back of Ake, Palmer winning winning a duel with uh Doku, and it's an easy ball, and he's got just acres to run into. It just it as soon as that ball gets played and Gusto starts running, it's like it's an alarm bell because you go, you shouldn't have that much space. It shouldn't be that easy to play that ball and have that much space. So is that about for you, is that about individuals being poor in their positioning and, and losing their duels? Or is that a sort of wider shape issue? Well, it's both, but I think for me, you've got to come back to the selection because you're asking people to do jobs that I think they're not used to and that are difficult. So again, out of possession, we were 4-4-2. But like you said, you've got Alvarez stood basically next to Rodri. Now, I don't feel comfortable with Alvarez kind of defending like that if City don't have the ball. The best example was after Chelsea go one nil. Palmer takes the piss out of him and they should have scored to make it 2-0 when he just megs him and then the whole system breaks down. Chelsea are in behind again. They should have scored. And yeah, like you said, the Jackson one's a good a good one to give an example. But there's also what Sterling goes through again after that before the goal and muffs up his touch. So they were they were carving through us far too easily. And yeah, I think it's because you're asking Doku to defend um, on his own without any support, you know, from someone like a Kovacic or a, a more kind of stable midfielder alongside him. Um, and then, like I say, Alvarez being asked to do that position, I think he's great at pressing, you know, kind of from the front line, but you're asking him basically to play Gundogan's position. He's just not, I don't think he's got the tactical understanding to do that. Mm. And that, But that's not really his fault, I don't think. Mm. I mean, I, I, I know... I can I can absolutely get behind the idea that players can't learn how to play a position until they've played it. So I'm um, I'm okay in the main with as a general idea that you play a player in a position and eventually they learn how to play it. Thanks for listening to the first fifteen minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes, and much more. Go to 9320.com to sign up now, or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.